Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, you can visit teacherluke.wordpress.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Luke's English Podcast. This episode is all about football. Saturday afternoon excitement, down the pub or going to the match, listening on the radio, the results coming in on your phone, the mixed emotions of a big game, the joy, the tension, the disappointment, the celebrations, the rivalries, the joy of being a child and playing football in the park, jumpers for goalposts, to the international spectacle of the World Cup. Huge moments of drama witnessed by the whole world simultaneously. The star players, the controversial refereeing decisions, angry and stressed out football managers, the tears, the injuries, the glamorous and sexy footballers' wives, and the sight of a perfectly struck free kick, the ball spinning and curling in the air in slow motion as it glides over the wall and over the heads of defenders, curving through space and beyond the tips of the goalkeeper's fingers as it sails majestically right into the top corner of the goal, sending the net billowing back and cascading behind it. The goalkeeper still falling, the players staring. There's that brief moment of silence before the entire stadium just explodes like a million tons of dynamite, but in a good way. Football, our old friend. Or maybe you can't stand it. Maybe for you it's just 90 minutes of crushing boredom. Watching, powerless, while a bunch of overpaid prima donnas kick an airfield sack around a green rectangle, while nothing happens, nothing changes, men get either drunk, depressed, or violent, or even worse, drunk, depressed, and violent. The inarticulate players cheat and dive onto the floor like broken flowers, injured beyond repair, and then jump up again in order to argue with the referee, back to full health, their wounds miraculously cured. The managers shout and just look stressed out. No one makes any sense when they talk about it. There's way too much money involved, and it never, ever, ever ends. Football. The, the wonderful world of football. But we love it, don't we? Yes, we do. It's the world's number one sport. And for that reason... This episode is devoted to it. Now, with me, I'm not alone in this episode. With me, uh, to my right, is Mr. James Simpson. Hello, James. Hello, Luke. And uh, I brought James into this episode because he's like a kind of... Um, he's he's a bit of a, uh, a football expert, really. He watches all the Premiership games. He keeps up with football. And so he's the guy who knows all about it, all right? So, um, I okay, James, I've given my, my kind of opening statement about football um i thought it was appropriate to kind of give an opening statement at the beginning considering the 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 kind of weight and international significance of this episode so i think it's only fair for me to give you the opportunity to make your own opening statement about football 
Um, so um, over to you, James. Well, football for me is it's more than a game. It's part of the culture for many countries, a way of life for millions. There are people who base their weekend around going to a match or watching a game with friends in the pub. It's a social event. It brings people together. I mean, if I meet someone for the first time and there's that awkward, what are we going to talk about moment, football is a saviour. Did you see the game last night? Yeah, I did. And off we go. Awkward situation sorted. It's one of the only things I can think of that is truly global. You can go anywhere in the world and they may not know the same music or films as you. They may not speak the same language. But if you produce a football, everyone knows the basic rules and you can have a kick around. Everyone watches or is aware of the World Cup and... Again, it brings people together. People are proud to have their team represented and play against other countries. Like for me personally, Lou, it's, it's the ultimate form of escapism. Uh, it's the opportunity to forget life's problems and be completely taken by something. You know, there's passion, drama, excitement, disappointment. It's got it all. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Okay, right. I think we've probably sold it enough to the listeners at this point (laughs) that football is a good subject for us to talk about. Now, people have been um, asking me to do episodes about football for ages, and I've, you know, I keep promising them. Yeah, I'm going to do a football episode soon. I promise. I've been doing that for years, and I'm so I'm very glad glad to finally have the opportunity to get round to talking about football on Luke's English podcast. Um, I, I imagine some of my listeners have started to think, well, he, he probably doesn't like football. <laughs> That's the only reason why he hasn't really talked about it. It's because he's not interested. I am. I love football. I've loved football for years since I was a kid. And um, I, I, the reason I haven't talked about it on the podcast is because I just feel like it's such a big subject that I don't really know where to start. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. Um, but we might have to do a few of these podcasts. Exactly. I, I think the plan is that we're going to do a number of episodes in which we deal with different things relating to football because we can't cover it all in one episode. Now, I realise that some of you listening to this might think, well, this is this is Luke's English podcast, isn't it? It's not Luke's football podcast. And you're right, of course. Um, I, I'm aware that you know not all of you are big football fans. But that's fine. I don't think you need to be a big football fan because... Um, what I'm going to try and do here is is look at football from the point of view of sort of English as a foreign language. That means, um, you know, as we've just established, football is commonly talked about. It's one of those subjects that you can use to bond with people, to get to know people. I'm sure a lot of you have been in that situation where you're in a bar or in a pub or something and there's a football match going on and everyone starts to kind of get involved and you meet people you actually meet some people in the pub and what are you talking about while well, you're talking about the big event that's going on it, it be it the world cup uh, the 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 football uh, cup final or whatever uh, it's a common way to to just talk to people in business you know people make small talk football is one of those uh, neutral topics that uh, you can talk about so it helps to learn just some basic things about how to talk about football. If you don't really know much about football, then you're going to learn 
some basic things in this in this episode. You're going to learn the basics. What, how to survive a football conversation, let's say. How to survive a, a conversation about football. Um, and so I, I, I think there are several possibilities for things we can cover in episodes about football on the podcast. One of them is uh, language that we use to describe the game and probably that involves kind of discussing football, for example, making small talk about football, talking about the game that was on TV last night, talking about the World Cup, that kind of thing. Then, on the other hand, we've got the language that we use when we actually play football. Um, You may know that on the football pitch, we use a whole range of different expressions that are unique to the football pitch. So it might be useful for a lot of you who play football to learn how to play football in English. Um, so I, I, there's lots and lots of vocabulary that relates to football and also lots and lots of idioms which are used in, f- in, in talking about football um, so there's, there's so much uh, available to us so I'm going to plan some episodes in which I go through um, like specific terms specific bits of vocabulary relating to football um, or, or, or relating to playing football but really in this episode as an introduction we're just going to chat about football and we will see which expressions naturally come up in our conversation okay um and then later on in in subsequent episodes we can actually deal with specific items of vocabulary later on but for now let's just let's have a let's have a chat about football all right and i've i've got some questions for james so we're going to get to know him a little bit and then we'll move on to talk about the premiership we'll talk about some of the the most important things you need to know about the english premiership and we'll talk about international football um you know, with um, with with the fact that the the World Cup is coming up uh, in Brazil later this year. Okay, so so um, so James, uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm very happy to be here. Now you're not new to podcasting, isn't that right? Yes, I have a podcast that's called the Paris Pods, which is all about life in Paris, and been doing that for a couple of years. So yes, not not new to the the old microphone. I I actually have episodes of the Paris Pod on my MP3 player. I listen to you and and your friend Matt, um, and you've actually accompanied me on on various journeys around Paris on the metro and on the the RER, and it's very good. It's really good. It's it's really accurate. It's a great sort of summary of what it's really like to live in Paris, and it's also a very interesting um, kind of look, cultural look at, at life in another country. I think it's great. It's been a, it's a very good cross-cultural resource, in fact. Oh, thank you very much. It's great to hear that. Can, is it, can you find it online? Yes, you can find it at the www.theparispod.com. All the episodes are available. I do recommend that you listen to it, ladies and gents. It's Obviously, it's all in English. You can hear... Uh, James and Matt's very clear uh, British English as they discuss the trials and tribulations of being an Englishman in Paris. And there are many, you know, rude waiters and uh, things like that. Yes, all sorts, all sorts of anecdotes and awkward situations that we've found ourselves in. Yeah, I do recommend it. So check out the Paris pod. You'll be able to find a link to that on my website, which you all know is teacherluke.wordpress.com. Um, 
the Paris pod. All right, but um, let's just briefly talk about you, James. Where are you, where are you from, first of all? Well, I'm from a little town called Winchester, which is in Hampshire, Yeah. which is in England. Yes. And it's one of these places where it's it's not really anywhere it's it's in the countryside and it's it's not near any big football teams yeah um which is why when i came to choose a a football team i went back to where my parents and grandparents are from Mm. which is sheffield yeah in the north of england all right so wait you support which which Sheffield team because there's two teams in Sheffield right yeah i'm i'm for Sheffield united Sheffield united okay that now two teams in Sheffield Sheffield united and Sheffield wednesday yes i, I always liked the name Sheffield wednesday because <laughs> i don't know why they were named after the the day of the week called wednesday mm. um but anyway Sheffield wednesday and Sheffield united Sheffield united are one of the oldest teams in 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 english football yes, i believe yes uh, little known fact sean bean is a is a sheffield united fan i know yep. you know you know um i wonder if my listeners know who sean bean is what's he famous for he played uh boromir in lord of the rings and he's in uh, game of thrones yes season one absolutely yeah he he tends to get killed in most films or tv series that he's in yeah he's usually in some medieval drama and he normally gets killed with an arrow or he gets his head chopped off. Yeah. He's a big Sheffield United fan. He is, yeah. I've, I've seen him a few times at games. Really? And I've I've actually met him, yeah. Have you really? Yes. What's he like? Oh, very nice, yeah. He, did... he didn't get killed in my presence. <laughs> Good. Was... What did he say to you? He didn't say winter is coming, did he? No, uh, no, right, yeah. You're here for the game, are you? Oh, yeah. You've got, you got, you got to watch out. Winter's coming. <laughs> that's, my, that's the worst Sean Bean impression ever. That's how people talk up in Sheffield. Really? Yeah. Give us a bit more of that. Eh? Oh well. Oh, cracking. Oh, it's cracking. Did you see the game on Saturday? Oh, I was down pub. Oh, it were it were right. Great, wasn't it? Oh, I was with our uh, Jack. Your Jack. Hi. Oh, oh, okay. Right. In 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 Yorkshire, for some reason, if you're talking about a person from your family, you have to use the word our. Like oh yeah we were with our we were with our Jack, our Jack meaning Jack like our, probably our Jack, our son our son Jack you hear it in, oh yeah our friend or is it friend as well I suppose it could be if it's a very close friend it's a it's a way of like referring to someone who's like very close to you our our Jack you obviously wouldn't say Jack it's just depending on the name mm. um, I wonder if if uh, if <laughs> I can't imagine my listeners using that. Yeah, we we went to uh, we went to the English class with our Hiroshi. <laughs> it, it might sound a bit odd. They do it in Manchester as well. It's not just Yorkshire. Yeah, like Oasis, the the, the group from Manchester. Oh yes, yeah. all right. Our kid, oh. our kid, meaning younger brother. There you go. Anyway, so you're a Sheffield United fan. I am, unfortunately. I mean, I, I say unfortunately because um, back in the day. Uh, we were up in the Premier League mm. and have slowly, over the last 10 years, slipped down the divisions. And we're now in League One, which is, 
yeah, it's just two divisions down from the Premier League, so uh, difficult times to be a Sheffield United supporter. Yeah. But I do compensate for that by watching all the Premier League games and pretending that I'm not a Sheffield United supporter. <laughs> so who do you like in the Premier League then? Well, I've I've got a real soft spot for for Arsenal. Yeah. Um, they play a very attractive um, game. They play lots of uh, attacking football, yeah. and they've not spent millions and millions on players. They've they've brought through a lot of young players, and they're just starting. Um, after a couple of difficult years, they're just starting to to see these players flourish. Okay. So yes, I've got I've got a soft spot for them, and they're currently doing very well in the Premier League. Yes. We're going to talk about the key teams in the Premiership in a moment. Um, um, all right, so so it's it's hard being a, a Sheffield United supporter because they're crap. Is that what you're saying? That's basically it. Yeah. Okay. Let um, just tell me for a second about the pre- the the structure of English league football because obviously everybody knows about the Premiership, but how many other leagues are there and, and what are they called? Well, you have the the Championship which is the league below the Premier League. And then you go to League One, which is where Sheffield United are struggling. And then you go to League Two. Mm. And then you go to the various sort of non-league teams, which are desperately trying to get into into the, the League One, League Two, Championship, because that's where the money is, basically. Right. So it goes Premiership, Championship, League One. So I don't know why they call it League One. It's clearly League Three, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's changed names. It used to be called Division One, Division Two, Division Three, and then somebody's come along and thought, right, let's just change everything and make it more complicated. I think they decided to call Division One the Premiership to give it more prestige, to give it more glamour, right? And then um, then they decided that Div- uh, League One was too dull and boring, so they called it the Championship. Um, and now we have the Premiership, the Championship, and then just League One and League Two. How long will it be, do you think, before they rename League One and call it the awesome awesome ship or whatever what what are they going to call league one in a few years do you think Uh, well if they get an american in it could be called something like that the super awesome nearly premier league league (laughs) um but i think england's the only league that uh, that does this i mean the the french they have league one league one um the spanish they have the um premier liga um, the Italians they have Serie A and then it goes A, B, C um, I think we're the only ones that confuse matters by having Premier and then one and then two I think it's business isn't it basically it's because the, the Premier League has, has gone into marketing overdrive um, and it's big big business and in in every aspect of it, the 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 people are you know making money. So they've rebranded the league into the Premiership to to give it a more amazing sort of uh, prestige, as it were. Um, and I think um, probably the Premiership is the biggest uh, league, or the sort of the most successful or most uh, watched league in the world. 
um, and there's a lot of money in it, basically, a lot of business going on. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. All right, so um, let's just talk about being a supporter for a moment. Now, when you meet someone and you end up talking about football, you always end up talking about which team you support. So it's always like, oh, which team do you support? Um, right, which team do you support? Now, um, there are, I feel there are certain unwritten social rules around this bit of social interaction, right? Now, um, if you like present yourself as being a football fan, you have to you know, very quickly say which team you support, and you've got to back it up with some knowledge about what that team is doing at the moment. You can't just say, oh yeah, I support Manchester United, and then when you say, okay, uh, oh, who's your favourite player? And then go, uh, oh, uh, um, uh, John, uh, John, John Smith. Uh, um, you know, that is going to make you look like a loser. Also, at the same time, I think if you present yourself as a football fan, you've got to have a team, right? Yeah, that, yeah, it would help. And, uh, and people, um, yeah, they, they do get in a bit of a twirl about this sometimes for example if you're in london and you meet someone and they say that they support manchester united they'll and they don't have an accent that's from manchester they'll then have to justify why they support manchester united they'll say well um i've supported it from a young age and and my my father grew up in manchester and, and that's why i've supported it yeah okay there, there is this sense that if you just support a team because they're successful, that's breaking the rules, all right? Also, if you say that you love football, but you don't have a team, that's breaking the rules as well. And if you uh, say that you love football, but you support a team which is based in a completely different place to where you live or where you brought up, that's kind of breaking the rules too. You need to have a really good reason, a really good connection to that club. And I remember when I was a kid at school, you would ask other kids, oh, which team do you support? And they would just say, oh, I support Liverpool. And you think, why do you support Liverpool? You're, 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 you're nine years old and you're from London. You've clearly never been to Liverpool. No one in your family's from Liverpool. You only support Liverpool because they're successful. And then they come out with some lame excuse. Oh, yeah, well, my dad, my granddad supported Liverpool. Um, you know, just some rubbish excuse to justify that they support the winning team of the moment. You can tell that I grew up in the 80s because uh, Liverpool were one of the most successful teams of the time. So just tell us again why you, you support Sheffield United. Now, you're... OK, you've got... You found a loophole in this law because... You can get around this these laws in this way. If someone asks you which team you support and you give the name of a really bad team, then that's you're winning points because yeah. that shows that you're extra loyal to this team. Yeah. So if, if it's a team that's not near to where you live, um, but they're really crap, then well done, you've, you've, you've already won some respect points. Especially if you can explain what's going on with that team at the moment, like their position in the league, or, or if you've got an opinion on the way the manager is dealing with the club, then you get mega respect points for that. So how do you how do you explain... So basically, James, you've got some respect points for living in the south of England and yet supporting a club from Sheffield because they're not doing very well. 
Um, what's again? What's your reason for supporting Sheffield United again? Um, the reason is because where I live in the south of England, if you if you don't live in London and you live in the south of England, uh, there aren't really that many other teams. Uh, so there was no team within a sort of hour radius of where I lived. Yeah. So when you're at a young age and you're sort of like, oh, which which team am I going to support? And then you're your uncles and your your grandparents go oh well you can you can support our team Sheffield United but but I don't live I don't live there don't matter it's in your blood <laughs> so once you start when you're young you you sort of think well you know I've started now and I don't want to be one of these people who who changes you know I lived in London for a few years I I I could have changed yeah. but but then it would have been difficult when I went back to Yorkshire I'd have had to pretend or something mm. um so so yeah I I stuck with I've stuck with the Sheffield United and it's it's not easy but people when they meet you you're right they don't sort of say um Oh, you're a glory hunter, which is a, a phrase we used to say at school a lot for for somebody who supported the the best team. You're hunting glory. You yeah. just like that team because they're winning. Um, they they'd always say, "Oh, oh, that's oh, that's good." Yeah. yeah, 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 nice one. Yeah, or poor you sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Um, I unfortunately. Um, I kind of break a lot of a lot of the rules. I'll come to me in a moment. The other thing about supporting a team is that many people believe that you should support the team that you live near to, or that you you grew up next to. So your local team should be the one that you support. Now, um, if you move around a lot as a kid, that can cause you some problems because it means that you know it's difficult to stay loyal to your local team because you keep moving. So I break a lot of the rules around supporting a team because my excuse is that I moved a lot when I was a kid well a couple of times <laughs> when I was a kid um so do you want to let's have the football conversation yeah all right okay and and we'll just see what happens and we'll see how I manage to try and dig my way out of uh, of the whole of not having a football team okay go on let's 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 go um so did you see the match at the week did you see the match last night <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who 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 are you for? Oh, you mean who do I support? Yeah. Um, well, I don't really have a team. I love football, but I don't really have one team. I kind of in the Premiership, I quite like Arsenal, like you, and I like Liverpool, but I don't really have a team. I used to support Nottingham Forest. Right. Shall I explain? Sure. Um, all right. See, this is an example of what you shouldn't do. <laughs> Right. What you need to do is have a team and just stick stick with it. But uh, this this is an example. Now, when you tell people that you don't have a team, they immediately think he knows nothing about football. He's a rank amateur, and he's a waste of space. Unless you can impress them with some sort of tactical, yeah, you know, knowledge. Yeah. Okay. Right. No pressure then. Okay, so I, I, I grew up in London and uh, the first time I went to a football game was to see uh, Tottenham Hotspur. Sorry to all the Arsenal fans listening to this, but I, my first team was Tottenham. And that's because I went to a Tottenham game when I was about seven years old. We went to the, to the White Hart Lane and we saw them play against um, Watford and uh, it was memorable. Because Tottenham won five goals to two. Five-two. Seven goals in that game. And I remember 
the place going crazy seven times at least. Well, five of those goals were really big, you know. Um, and it was just, wow, like, this is really exciting. And I think my dad bought me, like, a little flag, a little Tottenham flag, which I had in my bedroom. So, boom, there I was. I was a Tottenham fan. And then when I was nine, we moved. We moved uh, out of London and we moved um, all the way up to the Midlands. And at that point, it was kind of like, right, new start, new beginning. And um, had to, had to, my dad had this, this is my dad's fault. He said, you've got to choose a local team because those are the rules. And I couldn't decide because in my opinion, all the local teams in Birmingham were rubbish. <laughs> I didn't like any of the, the, the clothes, the, the, the strips they wore. Aston Villa were, used to wear like, um, what, claret and blue, which didn't appeal to me. Coventry City, I just didn't like Coventry because I associated them with lots of kids at my new school who I didn't like. So, I, no, I don't want to support Coventry. Um, and I ended up going for Nottingham Forest because um, I remember we were watching um, a, an FA Cup qualifying game. It was a, something like, not a qualifying game, it was a quarter final of the FA Cup and it was Nottingham Forest playing and they were playing really well. And my dad said to me, if Nottingham Forest get to the final, then I'm going to get us tickets. Um, and for that moment, I was immediately invested in, in the future of Nottingham Forest. And also, it's because of the way they played football. At the time, this was back in 1989, 1988. At the time, Brian Clough was the manager of, of Nottingham Forest. And he was a personality. He was a real personality. He was with the club for 25 years or something. And um, he, he was a very strong-minded, characterful guy. And he made them play a kind of very graceful style of football where the ball was kept on the ground. They didn't shoot, you know, they didn't kick the ball high into the air. They didn't play the long ball game. They played a more European style of football where the ball was played along the ground, lots of intricate passing and very close teamwork. And... Um, I liked that kind of football, and so that really endeared them to me. Also, they had a player called um, Stuart Pearce, mm. whose nickname was Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> Psycho. He was a defender. And it was qu it's quite um, rare to be a fan of a defender. Normally, you like the, 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 the attackers. But Stuart Pearce was brilliant because he was just crazy, and he used to tackle really hard. He was like Chuck Norris on a football pitch. Um, and so Nottingham Forest were great and the next year they did get to the FA Cup final and we did get tickets and we went to Wembley and we saw Nottingham Forest playing against um, it was 1991 actually it was Nottingham Forest versus Tottenham Hotspur mm. Paul Gascoigne was on the pitch and it was just brilliant we you know there we were me and dad at Wembley um, and it was amazing so that's why I was a Nottingham Forest fan then when I got to about 16 years of age, I'd basically discovered music and girls. <laughs> and <laughs> football, just, I forgot about football. Yeah. And I uh, was much more interested in playing the drums and, you know, that kind of thing. And so I just lost interest. But I was always interested in international football. And so now I'm lost without a football club. Mm. Well, it's, it's interesting because for, for some supporters, as you said, you know, you have to have one... There's like strict rules, isn't there? You you have to have one club that you've supported since a young age you, and you can never change. 
um, which seems a bit strange because you know we we change our tastes in music, we change yeah. our tastes in a lot of things as we as we move around and get older. But for for some sort of die-hard football enthusiasts, uh, you have to always have the same team. But for me, I'm I suppose I'm not as kind of die-hard as these people who will travel 200 miles to watch a game in the pouring rain yeah. on their weekends, yeah. you know, whereas I would stay um, at home or watch it in the pub. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, you know, that's fine for me that you've, you've, uh, you've changed teams a bit and, you know, you stay interested in football and, and the big yeah. events and things. Yeah. You've got these different levels of, of, supporters i suppose um right down to people who who just watch the 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 big games in the world cup because everyone's talking about it yeah uh, Yeah. which is fine as well everyone can can get into football um in different ways um let's let's have a look at uh the premiership all right now let's go through the 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 main teams in the premiership and so we can explain the basics like what do people need to know about these teams now do you know who's top of the league right now i've actually got the i've got the league table here on the computer so top of the league uh, let i tell you what let's go through let's say the the top some of the top teams will explain um where they're from will explain the the color of their strip and will explain any other necessary details like their rivals or about personalities in the club and what's going on with them in the Premiership right now. So at the top we have, of course, Arsenal. Yes, a bit of a surprise this season. Nobody was expecting them to be top at this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, Arsenal are from London, from the north of London. Yeah. And their nickname is the Gunners. Okay. The Gunners. and They're called the Gunners because they come from an area of London where traditionally weapons were, were made, I, I believe. Um, and they have a logo of a, a big gun on their yeah cannons on their on their club badge. Okay, the Gunners. Now Arsenal, the Gunners from from North London. Their strip is basically red, uh, with white shorts and white sleeves. Um, and um, who are their who are their rivals? Well, their main rival is Tottenham Tottenham Hotspur, who we mentioned earlier. Yeah, because they're also from North London. And the biggest rivalry usually comes from the club that is closest to you, mm-hmm. and that's currently yeah that's well that's Tottenham. Yeah. But they're also rivals with other London teams. Yes. Um, which are like Chelsea. Yeah. What are the main London teams? We've got in the West. We have Chelsea. We've got uh, Fulham. Yes, we've got West Ham in the East. Yeah, they're called West Ham. Uh, Q- QPR. Yep, uh, Queens Park Rangers. South, yep, Crystal Palace. Yes, uh, we have Millwall, Fulham. Did we mention? Yeah, Fulham. Yeah. Um, so if we go from west to east, probably the the we have QPR and Fulham. Um, we have um, Chelsea in the west. Down south, as you said, Crystal Palace. In the east of London, you have West Ham, and then in the north, you've got Arsenal and Tottenham. There are other teams, like, for example, um, um, Millwall. Yeah, um, Charlton Athletic. Uh-huh, yeah, um, and and some others. Brentford, don't they have a club? 
Yes, they're well, a little outside London, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so Arsenal and and Tottenham Hotspur. Now the story with Arsenal basically is that, um, as you said earlier on, they're quite notable for not just throwing lots and lots of money around. I mean, obviously they throw some money around, but. Um, unlike Chelsea, Manchester City, for example, Arsenal have developed a lot of young players from a kind of grassroots level. So that's an interesting story, that they haven't just bought great players, Mm, but they've developed their players. They're one of the only teams in the Premier League who make a profit from, from from their business dealings. All the other teams... Uh, are in incredible debt, but Arsenal have made this quite big profit. Yeah. And this season, though, they did actually break the trend and they bought a player for something like forty-eight million um, pounds. Who's that? Which is Mesut Özil, who's a German international attacking midfielder. Yeah. And they did that because they haven't won anything for a few years and their supporters were getting slightly restless. They were seeing Manchester City, Chelsea splashing the cash, so to speak. Yeah. And they thought, well, if we do that, then we could win something as well. We've got this money. Why aren't we using it? And they finally used some and it is working so far. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So Ozil is is a really good uh, purchase, is he? Yeah, very good. Yes. Okay. Is he making all the difference in the middle midfield? Not all the difference, but he's 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 brought that sort of touch of of world class and just brings up the level for the for the other players. The other players see him coming in and think we can be like him. We want to try and reach his level. Yeah. And everyone in the club is sort of up their level, so to speak. Young players. Yeah. And a lot of players that we thought were average have really stepped up this season. Okay. There's someone there's a Welsh guy called Aaron Ramsey. Yeah. Who's been one of the players of the season so far. Okay. And he was he was ridiculed at times last year for for being out of his depth. Yes. And he's really, you know, proved everyone wrong this year. Okay, so well done Arsenal. All right. But they're only one point ahead of the next uh, the next team, which is Manchester City. So, um, right, Manchester in the north of England. There are two massive clubs that uh, come from Manchester and they're big rivals. But um, in number two, in, in second place in the Premiership today, Manchester City. Yes, well, this is the... The, the club we, we mentioned earlier, the, the, the Oasis lads support them. Yeah. And r- relatively new to the to the, the top of the table. Um, they, they were bought um, a few years back mm. by a rich, uh, rich Arab businessman, I think, and yeah. uh, pumped millions and millions into the club. And it's paid off, basically. They've... They've got an incredible squad to yeah. pick from. They've basically just... I mean, for me, it feels a bit cynical because they've just basically injected money into the operation and they just bought, as you say, loads of world-class players. Every match, they have amazing players just sitting on the bench. Um, they've got such a deep squad that they can't really fail you know, it feels like they can't fail. But is that true? Well, the difficulty with 
um, spending all this money is that you want instant success. And so a number of managers have come and gone because the owner has given all this money and been like, well, why aren't we winning every single game? We've lost a couple, you're fired. And players who've not performed well in just a couple of games have been put in the reserves and then they've left and so it's very changeable there's there's not much consistency mm. going on there what do you think it's like to be a player at manchester city would you choose manchester city to to play for if you could well they they're often accused of of having a lot of mercenaries what do you mean by that well merc- mercenaries are words um it's i think it literally means somebody who um, who will fight for any army if they're paid. Okay. So it comes from, I think, the war. Um, somebody who's just there for the money, doesn't okay. care about um, the, cause. the cause. Yeah. And so they've had a lot of players that go there because they're just paid incredible wages mm. every every month. Okay. Um, so from that point of view, it's 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 very good. There's a lot of players who have barely played this season that are paid more than in any of the other clubs. So you could, for example, play for Manchester City, you could sit on your ass all the time and still get paid £100,000 a week. I mean, some of these players are genuinely being paid £100,000 per week. That's not an exaggeration. That's unbelievable. What could you do with that much money? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, in- it's incredible. Um, they, Of course, they, they spend the money on extremely expensive cars and big houses they've got more money than they can you know than they know what to do with um is this a healthy thing should we have this kind of thing going on in society yes it is a big question um well one thing i would say about manchester city players is that you know they 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 are under a lot of pressure because when you're paid that amount of money Mm. you have to you have to do well and the minute you're not, supporters start saying, hey, you know, I'm only paid a couple of hundred pounds a week and and I'm at the match and you're paid hundreds of thousands and you're not trying hard enough. And they'll soon sing horrible songs about them and write horrible messages on social media. And and suddenly life isn't as good. You know, all the money yeah. in the world can't sort of buy you that kind of happiness can it yeah um uh, to me it sounds like uh, uh you know playing for a more modest club would be more satisfying because you get more matches you get a sense that the team really wanted to win uh, for me that would that would be more preferable um okay but manchester city they play in a light blue like a sky blue color sky blue with white shorts and um you know 10 years ago they were sort of nowhere Am I right? When when were they bought? When were they purchased? When did the money arrive at Manchester City? 10 to 15 years ago, basically, they weren't a notable team. But then the money came in, suddenly everything changed. And it's only in the last few years that really this has start to pay, started to pay off. They won a trophy, didn't they, a couple of years ago? Did they win the league? Yeah, they won the league a couple of years ago. Okay. And then the year after, they didn't win the league. And the manager left the manager was fired so that's how how difficult life is there if you don't win 
you're out, basically. Okay. Now compare that to their neighbours, Manchester United, who are probably the most famous team in the world. I mean, Manchester United are an incredible success, success story in modern football. They're amazing. I mean, I can't help having some sort of sense of awe when it comes to Manchester United. I just think they're amazing. Um, so, all right, what do we need to know about Manchester United then? Well, Manchester United this season have just got an, a new manager because their their old manager, Sir Alex Ferguson, retired after something like 25 years in charge, which yeah. is um, a record. And he was just the ultimate manager. He'd won everything. Everyone respected him. And they've just changed. So they're in a very difficult transitional phase this year. They've brought in a guy called David Moyes. And he's had a really difficult time because it's trying trying to fill Sir Alex Ferguson's shoes is not easy. Oh, God, yeah. And he bought a couple of players who've not really performed for him and Manchester United are actually down in seventh at the moment uh, which is terrible for them because they're, they're a team that's used to being first or second they won the league last year yeah and so nothing is, else will do really it's a kind of a crisis point at Manchester United then at the moment um, I mean um, is this a big scandal for them that they are not in the top five well it's not quite a crisis yet because everyone knows that they've got some good players that can still bring them back into the into the top four, which is where everyone wants to be in the top four at the end of the season because that guarantees you Champions League football. And that's where the money and the respect is when you play in Europe's elite. Okay. Um, a lot of... Um a lot of it in each each season, uh, teams are, are trying to get trophies. It's all about trophies, isn't it? Silverware, putting silverware in your in your trophy cabinet, okay. And the, some of the main trophies that you can get, um, let's put them in order of importance. Is the Premiership the, the most important, or is the the Champions League more important than that? Well, that's a very difficult one to answer, really, because normally the league would be the most important that should be your your bread and butter okay so to speak the league is the the premier league is the premiership it's the same thing premiership premier league the league all the same thing i don't know why we call it the premiership i mean what it's not a ship is it it's it's a bunch of football teams they're not like sailing the seven seas it's football but no, we call it the Premiership. Okay, and then we've got the Champions League as well. That's the the, the big uh, competition between all the best teams in Europe. Um, all right. So you're saying what uh, the the league is the 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 what did you? The, it's your bread and butter. It's the it's the one that the 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 national teams the, yeah. the teams in England are, are really aiming for the Premier League. You should, I mean, you should start with that, and then if you're good enough to win that, then you could think about winning the Champions League. But but these days we we've seen a lot of teams win the Champions League who haven't won their league. Um, so it's difficult, really. I mean, a, a lot of supporters, um, uh, for example. 
um, Manchester City supporters. Mm. They they won the the league two years ago. They'd like nothing better than to win the Champions League because that would really put them in centre stage in the spotlight in the whole of Europe. Say, look, yeah. we're the best. Okay. All right. So um, there's also the FA Cup. FA Cup, which is the Football Association Cup. And that's, for me, that's like an old-fashioned glory. You know, it's like the, the trophy of, of like the old-fashioned uh, English Football League, isn't it? You know, like uh, it used to be the most important trophy that you could win. Um, is it still as important as it used to be? It's still important, but it's definitely it's definitely secondary to the league and the Champions League yeah. um, in terms of money and also sort of international um, acclaim. Okay. But uh, it, it still holds a very important uh, significance. significance, yes, in in English people's hearts. I mean, any any team. Even non-league teams can qualify for the FA Cup. And every year you'll see a couple of very small teams that will go far, sort of beyond expectations. Mm. And they'll beat big teams and everybody will be rooting for them. There'll be some small town somewhere that will get to the fourth round or something. And everyone will think, can they do it? Can they Can they beat Manchester United? And no, they can't. And no, they can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, people do talk about the magic of the FA Cup, right? That is it. That's what it's, I mean. It's magical. Because the thing about the FA Cup is that every single team across all of the leagues in English football, they can all compete. So that means you end up with these tiny little teams playing against some of the biggest teams in the country. So you get, as we, as we said, you know, Accrington Stanley versus Manchester United. And who knows? that Accrington, I can't even say the name of the team. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who knows, maybe Accrington Stanley could beat Manchester United. It's possible. And so it gives that sort of extra special magic to, to, the, to the, that particular trophy, doesn't well, it? Well, it is because these teams, these little, little clubs, they couldn't compete over a whole season in the Premier League. But if you give them one match, 90 minutes, it's just 11 players against another 11 players. And it's true that anything can happen. And we've seen it before. And that's why we say the magic of the FA Cup. I love this when uh, like football supporters or football commentators say, anything can happen. But hold on. No, it can't. What, what's going to happen? Uh, aliens are going to land in the middle of the football pitch. And then like Doctor Who is going to step out. And, you know, like Mickey Mouse is going to like, uh, 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 like open uh, a new uh, chain store during the game. No, not anything can happen. Anything can happen in this game. But what's probably going to happen is that a bunch of guys are going to kick a ball around and then after 90 minutes, it'll stop. Yeah. But anything can happen. <laughs> anything can happen. But probably one of the two teams will win. Or else they'll draw. Or <laughs> There's not many possibilities, are there? They'll run around. They'll get tired. They'll. Uh, some people will fall over. The referee will blow his whistle. Uh, there might be a goal if we're lucky, but there's a good chance that no one will score. And at the end of the game, we'll all go home and the, we will never remember any of the details of this game ever again. It's not like, it's not like when people are on their deathbed, then, you know, when their life is flashing before their eyes. You don't remember 
like the sort of 60, 60th minute of that game between Accrington Stanley and Manchester United on, you know, some uh, like November morning. Yeah. Um, is it a morning? You know, it'd probably be a November afternoon. You know what I mean? So yeah. anything can happen, but normally it's, it's just very, very similar to what has happened in almost every other football game that's happened before it. I tell you what, every time, every time that I, I do say to someone who isn't a big football fan or hates football, I'm like, look, we've got to see this game. This is where I, I think there's going to be really a big moment happening. It's going to be the real magic. It could be the FA Cup. Could be something. You've got to watch this game. This is it. I'm going to introduce you to the to the fantastic, beautiful game. You've got to watch this friendly match between England and Sweden. <laughs> I think this is the one where the magic's going to happen. Your <laughs> football is going to reveal itself in all its beautiful glory to you in this crucial, friendly game <laughs> between, uh, uh, you know, teams which are actually, you know, probably quite good friends with each other, the English and the Swedes. Um, don't you find England versus Sweden is always a very dull game, especially when it's a friendly match? Oh, there's a there's a great game recently actually. I yeah. think Sweden beat England something like I think it was either four nil or four one. Really? Zlatan Ibrahimovic scored all four goals. Oh, right. Including like a ridiculous bicycle kick. Oh, they've got Zlatan, haven't they? Now yeah. he's a bit of a dramatic guy. Yeah, he plays in Paris. He does, and he's he talks about himself in the third person. So if I um, if you're Zlatan and I'd say, "Hi Zlatan, how are you today?" Zlatan has had a good day. He made love to his wife and then had a fantastic breakfast. And then made love to someone else. <laughs> and, and then had another fantastic breakfast. For some reason, I'm becoming Sean Connery. Um, all right. So, okay. okay. Yeah. Well, what we're saying before, though, is that every time you hype up these, these kind of games and you bring someone along, it's always a disappointment. Yeah. Nothing really happens. It's like a nil-nil, and and then that person is turned off football for the rest of their lives. Yeah, you're you're talking about your wife, basically, aren't you? Well, among other people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I I have similar experiences. My my girlfriend, she's actually quite cool about watching games of football. She's never been bored. I think it's because I'm not really sort of, you know, militantly all about watching football games every Saturday. So she kind of, she's okay if England are playing a game. She's like, yeah, let's watch it. But to be honest, usually after about 20 minutes, she's texting. Um, all right. So we've we talked about Arsenal. We've talked about Man City. We've talked about Man United. Um, uh, let's go back to London. And third in the league at the moment, we have Chelsea. What's the story with Chelsea? I, I can think of like three things regarding Chelsea that, that you should basically know about this club? Well, Chelsea, they had recently a very successful manager, Jose Mourinho, who won the league with them a couple of times, won the FA Cup, and then he left to become Real Madrid manager. Mm. And he's just come back this year. Right. And he's loved by all the Chelsea fans. And they're in third position at the moment and they, they could well go on and win the league. Um, yeah. So he's doing well. They're only two points off the, the top position. Arsenal are there with 48 points, Man City with 47 and Chelsea with 46. Uh, the goal goal difference, um, 
Man City have got very good goal difference. It seems. Does that make it? Does that help them? It might do at the end of the season if yeah. if teams finish on level points. But Man- Manchester City at home um, at the Emirates at their stadium. Whoa, 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 whoa! Manchester City at the Emirates. Oh, oh, oh! Ars- that's because I was Ars- looking at Arsenal. Yeah, at the Etihad. Uh, they tend to beat teams 5-6-0, no matter how good the other team is. Yeah. They thrash them. Yes. And their away form, when they when they play against other teams, is not so good. Yeah. But at home, they're just... Outstanding. Yeah, that's why they've got such a... They've scored 59 goals, wow. which is the highest. Okay, so but going back to Chelsea, as you say... Jose Mourinho from Portugal is there. He's returned. The beautiful one has returned. The special one. The special one. Don't they, <laughs> they call him the... No, it's the special one. All right. Why you I, called him the beautiful I, one. Yeah. Well, you know, ladies, maybe you'll agree with me. He's he's a fairly handsome. He's a charismatic guy, right? Yeah. Has a nice coat. He, yeah, he's always well-dressed. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so Jose Mourinho has returned and everyone's loving it. All right. Uh, Chelsea are in West London. Um, and they wear blue, um, and they are owned by Roman Abramovich, uh, the Russian billionaire. Yes, and he has has pumped in millions and millions into the club as well, and the only slight issue with Jose Mourinho is that Abramovich, the owner, likes attacking footballer, footballer, so he's bought all these attacking midfielders, and Jose Mourinho is quite pragmatic. He likes a good defensive display. So there are times when you can see the owners a bit frustrated mm. um, that his team are just winning 1-0. He wants them to be a bit more Barcelona-esque, yeah. so winning 3-4-0. Flashy, attacking football. Yeah. He basically wants, I, I spent money you give me goals, basically. That, that uh, yeah. that's sort of an attempt at a Russian accent. And he and he has a <laughs> he, he has a habit of uh, of buying strikers that have fabulous reputations that come to Chelsea and are just completely disappointing. Really? So he's like, this this one is going to be the big one. Yes. I'm spending. I'm I'm prepared to spend a lot of money on this one. This is going to change. This guy's going to change everything. And they arrive and they don't do yeah, it. Yeah, he will score me lots of goals. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, there's Andrei Shevchenko. That didn't really work out. Um, the latest one, Fernando Torres. Oh yeah. Um, oh, he was a huge disappointment for Chelsea. Yeah, I mean he's. Oh, he's it's a pity. It's a pity because he 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 could have been huge star at that club. He he was great at Liverpool. Yeah. But then he went to Chelsea and he just didn't score. Game after game after game, he didn't score. And he's it, yeah, he's still happened? not really scoring. He's he's doing all right now, but he's not doing. You know, they they paid fifty million for him. And if you pay that amount, you expect great things. Goals. Yeah, at least. We want goals. <laughs> um, okay, um, so that's Chelsea. Um, now, team number four in the Premiership today, we have Liverpool. Yes, Liverpool, who uh, were around when you were growing up. They were ruling the waves. Yeah, when I was, um, when I was a kid in the 1980s, Liverpool won the FA Cup twice in the middle of the decade, 86 and 80, 
85 and 86, I believe. Wow. I think that's right. 87 was, was Coventry City. Wow. No. Yes. 87 was Coventry. 88, I think it was like Blackburn or something. 80, oh, I don't remember. But <laughs> Liverpool, yeah, they were great in the 80s. And they had these great stars like Kenny Dalgleish, Graham Souness, Ian Rush. Yeah, John Barnes. John, John Barnes. Um, they had uh, the goalkeeper was called uh, uh, Grobelar. Bruce Grobelar. Bruce Grobelar. Um, so those were the glory days of Liverpool. Um, but um, what's going on with Liverpool at the moment? Well, they're on the up. They changed manager a couple of years ago. Who have they got now? They've got Brendan Rodgers. Where's he from? He's English. Yeah. And he's doing quite a good job. He's trying to play attacking football. And he's got one of the best players in the world up front. Who's that? Uh, Luis Suarez. Oh, yeah. He's from Uruguay. Yeah. And he is the top scorer currently in the Premier League. Mm. And is just almost unplayable. He's scoring two or three every game. What is it about Suarez that makes him so good? Is he big? Is he is he big in the air? Is he fast? Is what is it? He's got a little bit of everything. He's he's not particularly big, but he's strong, and he's fast. He's athletic. Um, he keeps touch. running. Yeah, he's got a good touch, and he just makes fantastic runs. Like the the defenders don't really know how to track him because he's this way he's that way and little drop of the shoulder yeah and <laughs> he's got a cracking finish okay he's, he's uh, got a cracking finish that yeah. means he's very good at, at, at kicking the ball he's, be- he's very good at, at shooting at the goal at the end of his run yes finishing as in scoring a goal yeah okay um, Liverpool I, for some reason I, I've I, I uh I'm a, I'm quite attached to Liverpool. I think maybe it's just because I went to university there, and I just it just reminds me of the time that I, I lived in Liverpool. I'd like to go back mm. um, now. Liverpool um, in the Liverpool area, you've got the two big clubs. You've got Liverpool, and then their their nearest rivals, Everton. Um, Liverpool play in red. Everton play in blue. Liverpool are known as the Reds, and Everton are are originally the the, no, the toffees. Yes, that's it. Because um, a toffee is a kind of sugar-based snack um, in Everton at that uh, years ago, when you know it was an industrial place. They used to make toffees, and so that's why Everton, the team, are called the toffees. Um, we've got other other uh, nicknames for the clubs. Arsenal are the the Gunners, as we've said. Man City are just the the Blues or Sky Blues. Yeah, citizens. Yeah, Chelsea are the Blues. Yeah, it's a bit boring, isn't it? Liverpool are the Reds. <laughs> Everton are the Toffees. Um, Manchester United, the Red Devils. Um, That's a bit more like it, isn't it? Yeah, Everton. Then what about them? Well, Everton are a team that don't really have much money, but they're still doing really well. They get the best out of a lot of players, and they manage to buy players for quite cheap. And sell them for a profit, hmm. and well, they they'll be very happy, I think, at the end of the season if they finish in fifth. Yeah, um, as I said, Everton are the big rivals of Liverpool. Um, Arsenal are the big rivals of Tottenham. 
Um, Manchester City are the big rivals of Manchester United, but there's also a massive rivalry between Liverpool and Manchester United because they're neighbours too. They're only half an hour away from each other by car. Um, so they're, they're, it's always like, uh, I think probably one of the, the best games that you can go and see in a Premiership season is to go and see Liverpool versus Manchester United in either of the venues, either at Anfield for Liverpool or at... Um, What's the Manchester United ground called? Old Trafford. Old Trafford. Yeah, I'm sure that would be an amazing atmosphere. Have you been to many Premier? Have you been to any Premiership games? Yes, I've been to quite a few stadiums. I've been to White Hart Lane, like you have. I've been to Old Trafford. Um, I've not been to the Emirates. I went to Arsenal's old stadium. Yeah, um, Ivory. Yeah, um, I've been to Southampton Stadium. Yeah, have you ever seen any any violence at a football game? Because um, you know there is this um, other stereotype about English football that there is a sort of bit of a culture of violence around it too. Maybe less these days, but football hooligans stuff like that. When I lived in Japan, right, um, it was two thousand and two. And that was when the World Cup happened in Japan. And around that time, loads of Japanese people were really scared about hooligans. Except they didn't call them hooligans. They called them furigan. <laughs> furigan. <laughs> furigan is a hooligan. So they were all really scared about hooligans because of, you know, stuff they'd seen in the media. Um, you know, do we still have football hooliganism? Is there still violence at football games? Have you ever seen any? I've not seen any at... A club level, um, it, it does happen, but I think they've definitely cut a lot of it out in recent years. But I have seen some at international level. Really, um, I went to I went to the World Cup in Germany in in two thousand and six, and when you're with other England fans um, who start behaving badly, you can't really escape it. You, there's no real way out if you're in a in a in a bar having a drink and then suddenly a few people start doing it you you just you don't join in but there's no real way out you, you just mean you can't just leave the bar it's not it's not as easy as that in uh well in 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 these in these places i mean they've got good beer <laughs> you're like i don't want to leave i haven't <laughs> finished my beer <laughs> All right. But there's there's often hundreds of people watching what these England fans are doing because they're they're singing and shouting, yeah. and there's police around, and they they often just make sure that you're in this place, yeah. and they they start you know singing some pretty horrible things. Yeah, you know, we we're in Germany, so obviously stuff about the war. Yeah. Um, this kind of thing. They shout, actually, the England fans and the German fans. Well, the English, you know, love to sing songs about the Germans. Um, and what is it they sing? They always sing, two world wars and one world cup. Do-da, <laughs> Two world wars and one world cup. Which is obviously a ridiculous and stupid thing to sing. But the idea being that they won two world wars and they won one world cup because England beat Germany in 1966. Um, yeah, I once saw uh, a group of people singing that to a pensioner on a bus <laughs> in, in in Germany during the World Cup. It's absolutely pathetic. She was just gripping her shopping bags 
and hoping that they would get off soon. So you're saying that you saw a bunch of uh, really tough English football fans shouting two World Wars and one World Cup at an old German lady on a bus. Yes. God, those English football fans are, really give us reason to yeah. be proud, don't they? I've seen uh, I've seen plenty of... Um... of sarcasm. <laughs> Just in case anyone... We'll go, go back to violence that you mentioned. I've, I've, I've seen a few scuffles between... Uh, Little fights. Between sets of fans. It's, it's, it's all very, very silly. Yeah. I, I saw uh, some football violence once when I was in Liverpool. Um there's a bit of a story which I probably shouldn't go into now because we don't have time. But basically, I went, I, I went to university in Liverpool. My first year, I lived in a big building, big residential building in um, Everton in a really rough part of town, like a really super rough area. And um, two weeks after moving in, my parents came to visit me just to see if everything was all right. And uh, I was living on the 11th floor of this building. Um, and... Um, the area was really bad. I mean, like, I was scared to go out. Uh, there were, like, uh, uh, lots of buildings with the windows boarded up, lots of heroin addicts everywhere. It was, like, you know, frightening. And uh, my parents came, like, just to check up on you to see if everything's all right. <laughs> and we, uh, on the 11th floor, we had a balcony. So we had a view. It was the best thing about the building. We had this great view. So I, and I thought, I'll take the, my parents onto the balcony and we'll just look at the view. It'll be fine. Um, and so we, we went out on the balcony looking at the view. Of course, it was Saturday afternoon. What did we see? What did we have a bird's eye view of? A massive fight between some Everton fans and Sunderland fans. <laughs> they were smashing each other over the head with sticks and throwing bricks at each other. <laughs> Genuinely, a massive yeah. crowd of Everton and Sunderland fans ran into the main road right underneath us. And we had like perfect view, uh, grandstand view of just lots of sickening violence happening right there. My parents were watching this and I could see my mum's face just went white. She was like, oh, my God, is this is this the environment that Luke's yeah. living in now? <laughs> I tried to play it cool. I was like, oh, yeah, never, never mind that. Yeah, they're just killing each other. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's always normal. It happens every day. It doesn't, not every day. Um, just, um, yeah. would you like a cup of tea? You know. Yeah. No, it's no. all right if you just lock the door. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. You know, I just, I don't tell them about, I'm, I'm a, a Nottingham Forest fan and they won't, you know, harm me. It'll be fine. There's a lot of things like that that happen, though, and it's not exactly linked to football there's there's people that who who claim that they're they're fans of Sunderland or fans of Everton just as a sort of excuse to to fight another group and and they won't actually even go to the game or be particularly interested it's yeah. a bit of an excuse and and the media will 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 try and sort of portray it as as it being football violence but uh mm. Um, I think in reality, it's it's a bit overhyped. It it does exist, but it's it's a it's a minority. It's just a bit of tribalism, and maybe people just looking for an excuse to 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 smash things. Yeah, I think on that on that sort of bombshell, I think it may be time to draw this episode to a close. Yeah, but we really need to go and smash some things now. Yeah, me too. Do you want to go and smash up uh, a few shop windows? Definitely. We Have you got any chairs that we could just throw? Yeah, let's do that. We could say that we're England fans. And then... Well, we are. We are. We are England fans. All right. Well, there's nothing stopping us then, is there? Yeah. Let's go and smash up Paris and it'll be fine. I'm sure they'll, they'll understand. 
Yeah. On second thoughts, there hasn't been an England game today. No, not I've not drunk enough either. So okay, well let's finish this bottle of wine and then then we can think about it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we haven't finished. There's there's plenty more to talk about. So, um, um, so there will be some more episodes on football in the future. Not don't worry, not too many. Um, but just enough so that I feel that we've properly dealt with this subject. Um, this is going to be a year of football because the World Cup is coming up. Um, so do do you know leave your comments under this episode. Tell us what you think about English Premier League football. Um, but we will come back to the subject of football. Um, I'd like to talk about international football. Uh, I'd like to talk about the World Cup. Who's going to win? What's going to happen? Who are the favourite teams? What's England going to do? Um, interesting that I say, what is England going to do? Not what are England. You could say both. What yeah. are England going to do? What is England going to do? What are the team going to do? What is the team going to do? It works both because the team can be a unit or a collection of you know, many people. Interesting that. So there are a few words Very that yeah. are both plural and singular. Government, team, England, meaning England football team. Um, so we'll come back to the international football later also i'd like to go into a bit more detail about specific words and phrases because you will have heard james in particular here as the sort of um, specialist football fan using various phrases there was it was quite vocabulary rich i must say really yeah yeah did you realize did we, were you doing that on purpose i wasn't no well well, it's interesting because there were loads of phrases, loads of different idioms and things. So what, well, what maybe I can do is go through this episode again and pick out some words that you said and then clarify them. But also I've got lists, some, some vocab relating to football, which we can go through later on so that everyone is completely clued up and so that you know all you need to know about the language of football so that when it comes to having that football conversation later on this year around the World Cup, you'll be able to do it confidently in English because you've listened to Luke's English Podcast. Thanks very much for joining me, James. It's been fantastic, very interesting, and I hope your listeners have got something out of it. I'm sure they have. Um, so for this episode, ladies and gents, uh, it's goodbye from us both. Now, at the end of an episode, normally I go bye, 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 like that, as if it's some sort of weird echo into the future. Okay. So you, can you do that? Can you do that with me? It's like, bye, 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 like an echo, all right? So, ladies and gentlemen, thanks very much for listening. But for now, it's bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.wordpress.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.